Cast me not, O gentle Savior. Hear my humble cry. While on others thou art calling, do not pass me by. I have said this from this pulpit before, but it is worth repeating. Transfiguration is when, when, when one's outward appearance matches one's inward reality. When Peter, James, and John see Jesus transfigured on the summit of Mount Tabor, or is it Mount? It's Mount Tabor. They are seeing him as he is, as he understands himself to be. Our English word transfiguration comes from the Greek word most related to our word metamorphosis. Jesus metamorphosizes before their eyes. His outward appearance matches his inward reality. It is easy when preaching to pile on St. Peter. I have heard it my whole life in church. Peter is our example of what not to do when we have powerful, mystical experiences with Jesus. Preachers are gleeful when they say, Peter suffers from foot-in-mouth disease. And the congregation always laughs. Curiously, the narrator adds a bit of commentary to Peter's outburst. Quote, he did not know what to say, for they were terrified. I prefer the message translations paraphrase of this little editorial note. Quote, he blurted this out without thinking, stunned as they all were by what they were seeing. Sometimes I hear people a bit older than me say, thank God there was no social media when I was growing up. To which I say, thank God no one was writing the Bible when I was growing up. St. Peter here is a stand-in for humanity's impulse to commodify, control, and contain transcendent moments of mystery in brick and mortar. Rabbi, this is a great moment. Let's build three memorials, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. Peter blurted this out without thinking, without first praying. A contemporary equivalent might be building a new ride at Disney World based on a movie that only garners 15 minutes of hype. If St. Peter is a stand-in for humanity's impulse to commodify mystery, Jesus is a stand-in for dramatic moments when our outsides match our insides. Said in another way, Jesus is a proxy for those instances when a person, a family, a community, or nation is seen for what it is, 
not how someone wants it to be seen. That is transfiguration. It was with horror, absolute existential horror, that I watched the United States Capitol building be overrun by domestic terrorists on the afternoon of Wednesday, January 6th, the day Christians celebrate as the Feast of the Epiphany. The contrast was unmistakable. On the day when Christians participate in the final leg of that grand procession from the East to a humble home in Nazareth to present gifts to an obscure toddler, his mother and adopted father, a violent cross-section of white supremacists, white nationalists, and other extremists sought to derail the normal course of democracy and the peaceful transfer of power. It was, if you will, a transfiguration. In an unfortunate but very real way, the outward appearance and actions of violent and impulsive people matched their violent and impulsive inward reality. For a few hours, they were seen for who they are, not for who they or we or anyone wishes them to be. An epiphany of sorts, a transfiguration. Today is the last Sunday after the Epiphany. The last Sunday after the Epiphany. This phrasing implies that the people of God have had somewhere between five and nine weeks to let the surprise of finding not a puppet king like Herod, but a king playing with puppets, a toddler. It is this same Jesus who is transfigured atop Mount Tabor before Peter, James, and John. The same Jesus who is baptized by his cousin John in the River Jordan. The same Jesus who says, the time is fulfilled. The reign of God is near. Reorient your life around this good news. It is this good news that Jesus not only announces in word, but matches in deed, transfiguring every mouth in need of feeding, every heart in need of gladdening, every death in need of resurrecting, every relationship in need of mending, and every body in need of healing through an encounter with the incarnate God. We have had six Sundays of stories, prayers, and music that bring us near to the urgency and risk of love. In every encounter, Jesus reveals to us that the threats we face are not necessarily out there somewhere, but the threats are often posed by those closest to us and even our own unseen selves. Security and law enforcement officials release data 
in the latter part of 2020 showing that domestic, not foreign extremists pose the most grave threat to the United States of America. It is that which is inside, most proximate, closest, that is most likely to compromise our flourishing and subsequently the flourishing of God's good creation. This is why the transfiguration of our Lord Jesus Christ is central to our sanctified imaginations. When Jesus' outward appearance matches his inward reality, Peter's dreams of commercial real estate ventures are revealed too. When the remarkable occurs, that which has bubbled just below the surface finally makes itself known. Amen.